On October the 31st, 1517, Martin Luther posted 95 big questions which he believed faced the church of his day to a local church door in Wittenberg, Germany. 500 years later, I decided to post 95 new questions, one a week, to the web, questions which I believe the church must face in the 21st century. Today, we're going to take a look at Jesus' famous parable, the one contained in Matthew chapter 25, where, having separated the peoples of the earth into two groups, sheep and goats, then, on the basis of their responses to the most vulnerable and destitute in society, the king addresses the goats. Truly, he tells them, whatever you did not do, for one the least of these, you did not do for me. So, Jesus comments, then they will go away to eternal punishment. Now, on the basis of these words, my critics will say that I and whoever else chooses to deduce from the fact that the Apostle Paul never once mentions hell or that, as I said in last week's chalk talk, Jesus spoke of Gehenna, which was the name of the rubbish dump outside Jerusalem rather than of hell, and which he knew was not eternal, but rather will, as the Old Testament prophets state very clearly, be redeemed. In this parable, the parable of the sheep and the goats, his belief in the reality of eternal punishment is absolutely clear. Now Jesus spoke Aramaic, but the phrase that Matthew uses to translate his original words into Greek is Colossus Aeonius, which the vast majority of English translations have chosen to interpret as eternal punishment. However, the big question, especially in the light of our ever-expanding understanding of the ancient Greek language, is this. Is this what Colossus Aeonius actually means? Now, before I go further, it's important to understand that this question, the question I'm posing, is not the result of some dismissal or lack of respect for the New Testament, but rather the very opposite. It's driven by the desire to understand the truth, coupled with the reality that because of our constantly advancing understanding of the ancient Greek world and its language, the clarity of our grasp of the New Testament and its meaning is also advancing. So here's the thing. I put it to you that rather than eternal or everlasting punishment, Colossus Aeonius should much more accurately be rendered as a time of pruning or a time of trimming. Now that may come as quite a shock at first, but in my view that's only because as the centuries have passed, the ideas and images conjured up about the eternal torment of hell prepared for the wicked have become so ingrained in our culture that they've obliterated the original ideas that Jesus was getting at. Ideas that, as we've previously seen, were well understood in his own culture. Perhaps the first thing to know is that in the phrase Colossus Aeonios, it's the first word, Colossus, that gets translated as punishment, and the second, Aeonios, that we're told means eternal. 
We now know, however, that calasis originally meant to prune or to lop in order to nurture, and that every time it's used in classical Greek as a metaphor in an ethical context, it always describes suffering or struggle to produce improvement. In fact, in all Greek mainstream literature, kalasis is never used of anything but remedial or redemptive correction. In other words, it's always for the betterment rather than for the destruction of the person being pruned. And as for the second word, aionios, in classical Greek it typically refers to a limited and a clearly defined period of time, not to eternity. Even more than this, it turns out that there are a number of other words very frequently used in classical Greek in the time of the writing of the Gospels, which did mean endless, and which Greek writers commonly use to signify things that are eternal or have no end. So, it turns out that we know that because of the specific words that Jesus chose to use and the way Matthew translated them, Jesus was never talking about eternal punishment at all. This, of course, fits in exactly with his use of the term Gehenna. Now, for more on that, watch last week's Chalk Talk number 90. For Jesus, as for his original audience, the phrase Galassis, Ionius, had only one meaning. It was obvious to them, it's just that until recently it's been lost to us. It meant simply a time of pruning. And in passing, it's also worth pointing out that although it's often suggested that in the one other parable where Jesus, we've been told, implies eternal punishment, the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, scholars now generally agree, agree that this has also been misread. As one well-known theologian, Tom Wright, points out, the two parables which appear to address the question of eternal punishment are both parables, not actual descriptions of the afterlife. He goes on to explain that they use stock ancient Jewish imagery such as Abraham's bosom in the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, not to teach about what happens after death, but to insist on justice and mercy within the present life. So, what do you think? Eternal punishment or a time of pruning? It makes a huge difference, not only to the way we read the Bible, but to the way that we see other people and the whole world. Next week, building on what he received from Jesus, we take a look at what Paul had to say about judgment and the life for us all beyond death. I explore this issue more deeply, as well as many others raised by the Apostle Paul's writing in my new book, The Lost Message of Paul. You can purchase your paperback copy today from openchurch.network slash lostmessageofpaul or from any good bookshop. An e-book and an audio book are also available from Amazon as well as from other online retailers.